What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 407 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we will be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about. And we are your hosts, as always, Tony Mango and Robert D. Fleece. How you doing tonight, Tony? I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm doing... How you doing? I, I I hope that you're doing all right. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing too. <laughs> Actually, yeah, just doing. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the answer until the answer is something else. It's gonna be the uh, answer until we're doing the end of the year award. <laughs> Even then, who knows? Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Despite not having a whole lot of hot tags, you might see in the description below that there's only a couple, but even one of them alone is quite a bit to break into. So let's just dive into things here. And before we get started, I want to remind everybody that I want to hear what you have to say as well. So when you are on the audio only platforms like iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and Google Play and Anchor and Podbean and a million others, you can't really leave a comment or anything. And if you do, I won't even be able to see it. So head on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already, ring that little bell to get notifications of when these videos come up, hit that like button on the video as well because that helps out quite a bit, drop a comment below, tell us what you think about all these topics and more. I want to start things off with something that kind of bridges the gap a little bit between Smartout Moment and Fanboys Anonymous, which obviously if nobody knows, Fanboys Anonymous, my sister website where I take care of all the geek culture stuff like movie reviews and TV show talk and comic book material and video game discussion and whatever else is on that non-wrestling side of things. But here's kind of something that's a little bit of both, which is that Ronda Rousey is, now here's the key word, reportedly rumored to be eyed for possibly being cast as (laughs) She-Hulk in the new Disney Plus series that's coming for the MCU. If anybody who doesn't know about the MCU side of the Disney Plus whole series debate, Disney Plus is going to be having, that's their streaming platform if you don't know that, they're going to be having a bunch of TV shows that are going to be, I think it's 10 episodes a piece for each one of them. It might be a little bit less than that, I'm not too sure, where they're going to continue the MCU in a slightly different way. Like there's going to be WandaVision, which is going to be a show revolving around Scarlet Witch and Vision. And there's going to be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that follows up with what happened at the end of Endgame with Falcon getting the Captain America shield, so on and so forth. And one of them is going to be She-Hulk. Now, why are they doing that instead of a movie? Well, that's because Hulk is still partnered in with other film studios and they don't really have the rights to do a standalone Hulk movie. They're not very smart, are they? about that they don't like want to just like partner and do one why don't you own like why why don't they own hulk why don't they own spider-man because they originally had to sell so many rights to different characters in the 90s to stay afloat they were like very very close to going out of business and when they started selling off the rights to the different characters, they sold off like the Fantastic Four. And that's why if anybody hasn't seen the original Fantastic Four movie, and I'm not talking about the Jessica Alba one, the one that came before the that 94 one. one. Yeah. It is the most atrocious piece of amazing cinema out in the world. It is <laughs> God awful. And they literally is it on YouTube. You want to do a watch along? <laughs> we might have to at some point <laughs> donate to the Patreon. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, 
but that is a movie that they only made because they were running out of the time to produce a film based off of it. You buy the rights for a certain amount of time and you have to use it. And that's why they did the other Fantastic Four movie uh, Josh Trank did, which was another piece of shit. So they have that right to do a Hulk movie based off of previous deals. And that means that they couldn't just release like a proper Hulk movie outside of the Incredible Hulk. And that's why that one was a little bit weird. And that was so early in the MCU before they really had like this Disney deal and everything. So this is their way to get around it. And since we already know that like Hulk is pretty much like done. Yeah. His whole story reached a point where, where do you go from now? She-Hulk is another character that they can just kind of play around with. It kind of hits this whole, well, let's do the female Hulk thing. And then that that's, you know, it's 2019. That's an angle to go into. It's a character that's been around a bunch of years. It's a fresh take kind of instead of just continuing on with Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. I'm sure he'll be a part of it. But with the She-Hulk character, Jennifer Walters is a very strange character. She is a lawyer who breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool. I think she actually predated Deadpool as far as like being able to refer to the fact that she's in a comic book, which makes no fucking sense because at least Deadpool is crazy. She is just Hulk, but girl Hulk. <laughs> like there's nothing that means that she should know she's a comic book character. But I cannot for the life of me see Ronda Rousey playing this role. She is not, first off, a seasoned actress, which it's She-Hulk. It's not the an Oscar type of role, but at the same time, we have a higher standard of actor and actress when it comes to the MCU. Look at the people we have involved. It's like Academy Award winners and stuff. And she doesn't look like the character pretty much at all in my mind. She-Hulk, if you look at like what she typically looks like, she usually has long brown kind of hair, She's more muscular than what Ronda Rousey is. Now, Ronda Rousey's obviously a hell of a fighter, but she's got that leaner type of fight style uh, body to her. And if I had to say, like, cast somebody from the MMA world, that would be more of like a Gina Carano type thing. But Gina Carano, not really a great actress either. So I think that this is the type of thing that we're going to find out that she was looked at for the role because she's a big name and they thought, eh, let's give her a shot and see if she can do the read and whatever. And then we're going to end up finding out that it's like Jessica Alba or or not Jessica Alba, Jessica Biel or who knows who, I don't know. There's one rumor that was going around that Rosario Dawson was going to be the character. And it's like, all right, Mm. well, Rosario Dawson's not going to fit that either. She was just in the MCU as part of the whole, uh Netflix stuff and they have recast people. I mean they already know that we uh, we are getting a different blade for uh this and it's Mahershala Ali who was in the Netflix shows so they're bypassing some of that but I can't see Ronda Rousey playing this part. I think that she's got multiple different levels of things she'd have to get through and she wouldn't be able to get through all of them. But she does the Ronda smash face so perfectly. <laughs> it would just see her get angry and just like Ronda smash that's, that's what they're going for here. Have you seen Rousey in a movie? I still haven't, but I've seen clips. and I've seen her in uh, whatever Fast and the Furious movie she was in. I saw it. I'm sure it's called Fast and Furious something. I think it was like Fast all, 8 or some yeah, shit. Yeah, it's all 
it was Fast the one. Eight, it, was the, it was the Paul Walker one, the one where everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's so emotional" because he he didn't get to finish the movie. Very I, very quick side note about those movies. I have not seen a single one of them, by the way. But since they started doing like uh, Fast Five and like um, it was the Furious fate, Six, the Fate of the Furious, because like uh, Fast F8, and Eight, yeah. like that. When they get to ten, don't they have to call it? Fast ten and to go with like fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what, how they should just end it. They can't get better than that. But yeah, she was in that, and she's been in you know some other little bit pieces here and there. But I'm not seeing it being a guaranteed thing, or even something that if I were a casting director, and the casting director for Marvel is by and large amazing. Like you really think about it. Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark, Chris Evans for Captain America, Sebastian Stan for he read for Captain America, and they were like, mm, "You might be a better Bucky." You get uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Tom Hiddleston, he reads for Thor, and they go, "He's not Thor, but he's got something." I wonder if he'd be a good Loki. Fucking nails it as Loki. I can't see them going. Yeah, Ronda Rousey and having that work out. I think that that's more of like a courtesy, let's just see some options type of thing, you know? Yeah. But obviously, if she does get it, that'd be... Well, if it works out. Yeah, but it's still great. even Like, Cena's in Suicide Squad. Yeah, Yeah. we didn't talk about that, but that was confirmed, I think, over this past week, actually. So, what the hell? Maybe it's an improper Yeah, it was uh, confirmed um, Saturday? And I think that he's playing Peacemaker, which I know damn near nothing about, except the fact that Peacemaker exists. And I got a feeling Peacemaker is going to be a character that they show as being a part of the Task Force X, and he gets his head blown off. I think he's there for a gimmick, and that's it. I mean, uh, oh my god, the director's name. Why am I blanking on that, too? Becca to hell, James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> I was going to say Josh Glenn, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, James Gunn had even specifically said, don't get attached to these people, because it's like, it's Suicide Squad. It's not like Happy Fun Time Squad. Uh, so Cena's going to be in that, and you know that with WWE, they're going to plug I'm looking at the, the character. He can fit the build. Mm-hmm. Put that helmet on him, have him tote a couple guns, and blow his head off, and yeah. WWE would love for... anything that they can do when it comes to this, and if Ronda Rousey becomes She-Hulk, then they are going to promote the living hell out of that one for sure. But I don't think it's happening. I'm waiting for Batista as Bane. I like it's so good that it needs to be done in a really soon Batman movie. But Batista as Bane would be great. They still haven't confirmed. I think who is going to be uh, King Shark. And it'd be funny if that was Batista. Nah, man. <laughs> if they do anything but Batista, but Bane for Batista, Bane it's just dead wrong. Batista, absolutely. Kind of like how you got Robert Battinson now that he's Batman. <laughs> I love it. Uh, God. Uh, let's move on here to the WWE Chronicle about Sasha Banks. We, we are have of the... differing opinions about yeah. this. <laughs> I really liked it. Tony hated it. I have a lot of notes written down. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't even know if I should read them verbatim or if I should just kind of like speak on a whim or something like that. Um, but before we talk about that, let me quickly throw it out there very quickly. If you do want to hear us talk more about things like the She-Hulk situation and all that, then you should be checking out the Patreon that we have for Fanboys Anonymous because there are tiers on that. Just as the same for the Smart Out Moment side of things that if you want us to do more, you donate then we can do more. And if you want to check out a recent example of that, Guest 5 recently sponsored a fan tracks of Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So if you get a chance, watch that movie along with us, listen to us talk about some different things with the TMNT and Batman side of things and have some fun. And if you want us to do something in particular, you know, movie review or uh, an article or a fan casting or anything like that, then consider uh, donating to that. Patreon.com slash moment slash Fanboys Anonymous, both sides. So the Chronicle thing, here is what I have written down. First thing is bunch of non-answers. <laughs> then I have, she does claim to dispute the whole tantrum on the floor thing, which that's something that was a big story that was going around for a while. She basically wrote it off as I'd like to see the photos of that, which is the whole like, well, you weren't there. So what do you mean to tell me that that's what happened? You got to kind of take that as I guess that that means that that didn't happen, you know, but uh, so this led to a whole shit storm of Ryan Satin is a liar. Fake news. Wrestling journalism is all lies. And listen, I I found it weird that they had Sasha's character go on screen and be like, fuck yeah, I cried on the floor. Yeah, I was mad about it. And then she's like, no, I never show me the footage. I guess you can't say that you shit on the whole company and you're like mad about doing the job, but. They also did confirm that she was fucking miserable. So, you know. And there's also the chance that this is a complete lie and it actually happened. That too. It's wrestling. It's like, how many times have we heard in the past? No, no, that didn't happen. That's such bullshit. And then a bunch of years later. Yeah, it happened. I just didn't want to fucking say it. Like, there's always a chance. There's always room for doubt and speculation. And that's in everything in life. Like, there, people fucking lie. It's you can't just be like, well, they said it didn't happen, whatever. Now, of course, it could be people fucking lie. They said it happened and it didn't. It's exactly why if there's no confirmation about anything, both sides could be potentially true. Yeah. So if you think that Area 51 has aliens in it, go fucking try it. It's two days or three days from now. <laughs> oh, is that coming up? Like, yeah. ah. I think it's September 20th. Ooh, storm, storm it, guys. Uh, you know, you can only find out the answers until you find out the answers. <laughs> uh, but uh, back to the Chronicle, I thought it was really good because it did give us an in-depth look at the life of the person, which is what the job is supposed to do, as opposed to like the Dean Ambrose Chronicle, which was just awful. Yeah, that and, was him just complaining, and I mean, I can see his point of view as well, and for that matter, I can see her point of view for this, too. But yeah, that's Ambrose true. Ambrose in character, it was like, Ambrose was mad about Roman having cancer, so he turned on Seth, and it was, it was weird. With this, you felt like 
yeah, you are learning about this. And doing what we do, even though we're only news people, I'm like, yeah, I can see where you'll be like, mm-hmm. I love wrestling and I hate, I fucking hated it. And I, I it was awful. I can totally empathize. Clearly, now, like from this, she's clearly suffering from depression. Yeah. I mean, she claims that wrestling, like, quote, saved her life when she was 10 years old and onward. Who knows what that entails? It kind of gives off the impression that there was some sort of abuse, but we don't fucking know. So it's not our life, and she didn't fill us in on it. But she specifically mentions... what I've heard, we know she has a brother with special needs. We know that she quit school to stay home with him because he was being bullied. So we know that she's homeschooled from a very young age. So I can guess that she probably had a mountain of things on her plate and wrestling was that escape from reality. Yeah, and it could have very well just been that she had to grow up at a very early age and be responsible for kind of filling a role that a kid shouldn't necessarily fill. Who knows? That's just all like, that's what I mean by like a bunch of non-answers. It's like, you didn't get into it, so we can't really judge it one way or another. But she does mention specifically about the whole page thing. People really rag it on her. And that makes perfect sense because people are relentless online. And especially an accident like that obviously had people saying that she's unsafe and all that shit. And that definitely weighs on people. I mean, I know, and you know, too, we have bad days just when we read some simple comments on like an article or a video. And that's in no way as serious as something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. People have called for my head. <laughs> Because of articles and mm-hmm. people are, are very mean online. Like it's it's something ah, you know, to give them a personal example. I have a niece who she's like eight or nine, but she's like, oh man, when I'm a teenager, can I get a YouTube channel? And her mom was just like, no, because yeah. people are not because like you're not great, but because people are cruel, and I don't want to subject you to that. But... Uh huh. My and... nephew recently did the same thing. He's like, "Oh, I really want to start a YouTube channel," and I was like, "Don't you fucking dare!" <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I I want to save you from the work, from the lack of success, <laughs> from the horrible from comments. The people like because yeah. for every ten that love you. There will be two that just rip you to shit, and those will be the comments that you zero in on. I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's for, so hard for every one of the people that's listening right now that is a part of this whole family we got going on. That is amazing. Whether you are people that I shout out on a regular basis, or even somebody who doesn't necessarily leave a comment as often, you know, everybody from. Somebody like Peter or Deadshot or Kyle or Guess Five or so on and so forth. I could keep going on. Everybody who's a part of that, that is so supportive and awesome and piano men for some of them. (laughs) Uh, There are so many people that are just like the dredges of society. And I can only imagine the type of crap that she had read based off of the page thing. So it's like, yeah, that's going to weigh on her a lot. But, you know, I really feel like this was, I don't really know a good way to put it. Like that was the most insightful part of the whole thing. The minute or so when she addressed the page thing, that being the only part that I really kind of felt was worth watching because the rest of it was Basically, and this is the type of thing that I think a lot of these chronicles are, which is really frustrating. 
it's just oh it was hard and i just want it to be over with a million times and that's kind of like a 60 second video about i went through some stuff and it was really hard and i needed to get back on track it's like that's it i didn't need a half an hour of i needed to find myself i get Uh, it like you know see i'm gonna expand on that because i liked the mikazi stuff i'm a softy for that kind of shit and he just seems like the best dude yeah, you he know, seems like, like a straight up guy. He just seems like somebody who knows he's not the the star here. And obviously they met in wrestling school, so they're yeah, at one point that must have been a dream of his, you know? Yeah, everybody that goes there being like, I want to rent main event WrestleMania, not I'm hoping that I can get a job as a seamster. But hey, it's a passion and he's good at it, it seems so. You know, and he's he eats a ton of shit online. Oh, you're hideous. How is she with you? You know, oh my, you're a fucking loser. And he just, everything rolls off his back, at least so it seems. And I just, I admire him so much. So that was always fun to hear about. And then I like, for, for nothing else but to learn, I like the stuff where she's just like, yeah, and I've got this sage here and i'm getting rid of the bad energy and i'm like i rolled my eyes because i've i've had that conversation with caroline before where she's been like i'm gonna sage like the apartment or something and i'm like you gotta what sage whatever like we're talking about like fucking throwing time in there and like you know a little bit of paprika or something like you know because i'm just me and i'm an ass like that and she said like she did everything while she was off which i thought was really interesting we saw the footage of her at one of those like destruction therapy places but there's also she did crystal therapy and a bunch of psychics and i'm like okay we're getting to know this agnostic spiritual being that is the person that plays Sasha Banks, which I find interesting just because I think the human mind and the human spirit is crazy interesting. I mean, obviously this is a huge deal for her and I don't want to be like insensitive by saying that I wasn't a big fan of it just because of it being strictly on a television program level, like on an entertainment level, I felt like I was underwhelmed. And if anybody wants the too long, didn't read, here's what I took away from it. She was overworked, felt underappreciated, maybe got depressed about how she wasn't achieving her goals, needed to take a break, even if it's just for a mental health recalibration or to try to remember that she's a person beyond her character, especially because she really multiple times hit home that whole idea of wanting people to refer to her as Mercedes again and she took that time off and she rediscovered her passion or at least regained like a little bit of I don't want to say like an appreciation for her workplace but kind of like reassessing the fact that she's in this career and maybe she came to the realization that she's still young as fuck because she's only 27 and she's a multiple time champion on top of the biggest wrestling company in an upswing of the women's entertainment, doing her dream job. And maybe she just needed a break to regain that perspective of being thankful for her position that she's been in a few years before she got burnt out. But I think, and this must be hard too, because you're so young and I'm speculating here. She didn't spell this out, but she did say 
She checked off all the boxes on the bucket list. And when you start to see your career flounder after you've checked off these boxes, what, what do you do? You know, Mm -hmm. you're starting to see them. Okay. You're just being used. Like, I'm sorry. It was the biggest slap in my face. That evolution. All she did was a six woman tag with the riot squad. For that matter, Bailey too. Like they should have been doing more because they were at the forefront. But I think it's meshed beautifully into the storyline where you have someone like Becky Lynch go, fuck you. You don't have any reason to cry. Right. You were like, I was the one who was thrown on the shelf. They wanted you in every possible situation. So I, I think it's worked out great in story, but mental health is a serious thing. And I'm kind of glad that this person was able to detach herself from this thing that she loved Mm-hmm. that does destroy you that listen find what you love and let it consume you is not just a fucking phrase the, these things can be all consuming and you have to be careful mm-hmm. very much so and we can totally empathize with her in a lot of different ways not obviously the exact same scenario because we are not performers but we are doing something else and we are not married to Mikasi, but like, you know, there's a lot of other things. But it that, seems like, like he's a great dude to have on your side. So, right, yeah, <laughs> real stand up guy. And like that, uh, the like specifics behind everything are, of course, details that we don't necessarily know and all that. But we uh, mental health situations don't need to have all of those specifics to not understand exactly where people are coming from. And whatever she is going through, hopefully she gets through it. And it seems like she probably has taken at least a couple steps forward. So that's really good. And I I don't want to get it lost in the translation of me saying that I didn't really like this as far as it being like, it's a skip it to me because I think that we just told you everything you need to know with a little bit of insight into it. But I, I appreciate that they did this and that they put a spotlight on it. I'm glad that it happened. I just wish that it was a little more entertaining. (laughs) I guess I should say (laughs) And I and, hate the titles uh, of these things. WWE Chronicle, Sasha Banks. You couldn't give it something. Other, it couldn't be like Sasha Banks's return even or like, you know. It's, it's, uh, WWE Chronicle, it's boss time. Yeah, like fucking, it's not that hard. It's just a, you type out something a little differently. By the way, there's a typo in this. They what? refer to uh, a guy as a jeweler and they spell it J-E-W-L-E-R. Yikes. They don't have an E in there. So he is a jeweler <laughs> instead Ooh. of a jeweler, which Yikes. I, the way that I am and my fucking grammar and stuff, I'm like, hmm, writing that down on my notes. <laughs> I, I fix typos from their press releases all the time. <laughs> it's, That's fucking weird. Yeah. But it's it, just one but of those things. In, in fairness to them, it's in the era that we're in where you can literally just, oh shit, I screwed up. I got to hit the edit button. Yeah. Hopefully they can do that at some point. It needs to just not jeweler from now on. I say skip it. I think that you got already all the information you need from our discussion. But if you are more interested in the specifics and you want to see her botch something on the keyboard a little bit and some stuff like that, then what was she playing? Do we figure that out? It's either her theme and it doesn't sound anything like it or it's some other song that I have no idea. But they do quote Kendrick Lamar in it. So maybe it's some song from his or something. Mm. I'm not up to date with uh, all these kids and their music. I never listen to the radio. 
youth. So I'm like, what's a what's a Demi Lovato <laughs> like that kind of thing? <laughs> the kids they listen to the rap music <laughs> with their hipping and they're hopping and they're ripping and they're hopping. They don't know what the jazz is all about. You know, I gotta tell you, I thought about this, and I think that jazz is a lot like that Kodak film. No, you know, it's a lot more like that new Coke. It'll be around forever. <laughs> God, the Simpsons is so fucking good. Ugh, just injected into my veins. <laughs> Really quickly, let's throw out another plug here. Merchandise shops, if you are interested in something like, for instance, a parody of that where there was that episode where it's like, yeah, stuff sucks. I got a stuff, stuff, uh, stuff sucks t-shirt that's available on Fanboys Anonymous on the Redbubble and Tee Public side of things. There's also a Redbubble and Tee Public for a mango tees for some non-specific types of stuff, like one shirt that's like the typical, usually have like, something something university i just wrote down community college fuck it who cares like that kind of thing and there's also a smart out moment so if you want to buy a shirt that says fickle 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 in the daniel bryan style or you want everybody to know that mayor kane's got a shot we'll talk about him in a minute oh. then uh you know pick up some merch and all that side proceeds and all that stuff goes directly towards keeping my sanity so Let's go to, oh, why did I do this as my transition? Let's talk about the big cast situation. Um, oh. Big cast ran into some problems with Russell Pro, And you are more familiar with the story than I am, but tell me if I'm right or wrong uh, about sure this. Sure am. I had to write up a whole report for Trifle. Big uh. cast, from what, I, from what I know, maybe I'm getting some wires crossed. Big cast had a uh, fit backstage. He claimed that somebody was stealing his sweater or his jacket and okay so was that, was that you, the beginning or was that like in the middle that's of the whole like thing? that's like an, i guess you beginning middle mm-hmm. uh so first i see a very scary thing that's just like a few things on my twitter timeline why is big cast threatening to kill himself naturally i think this has to do with the tweet i go to check Big Cass on Twitter, go to his official one, nothing's there. I search Big Cass on Twitter, and now I'm seeing things that say, whoa, Big Cass threatening to kill Joey Janela, this is crazy. So now I'm thinking, is this a promo? But shortly after, uh, Voices of Wrestling broke the story that Big Cass was at a wrestle pro event in Rowley, New Jersey. He was not only threatening to Janela, he was threatening to like the uh, whole locker room, the right? whole locker room, and that he had been arrested. That part would later be uh, amended. PW Insider fucking had like a whole essay on what happened. Too long didn't read. He was supposed to be a surprise in a battle royal. He was apparently intoxicated. He's opened up about these demons in the past. He threatens Janela to the point where Janela and Dan Moth, who was fighting Janela that night, had to be moved to another area. He continues threatening people about a sweater. Claiming that somebody stole it, right? Right. And now he's backstage with, like, SEU and Pat Buck. And he gets in Buck's face, and he says, you know, what are you going to do about a little man? And spits in his face, and Pat Buck uh, reportedly 
knocks him down with one punch. And immediately as that punch hits, Cass, again, reportedly, sobers up and is like, where am I? What? What's happening? Why did you just punch me? So, Rahway police were called to escort him out of the building. He was escorted out of the building. They're checking his car. And it's at this point that he says some, quote, alarming things about himself. They then felt alarmed enough that they made him leave in a hospital, in an ambulance. <laughs> he so, left in a hospital. He, he left in a hospital. <laughs> Obviously, this is not a laughing matter, but I'm just imagining like that they put like this hospital costume. That's how big like... he is, because he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Yeah. Uh, um, following that up, Fightful Select broke the story first. That Janela chose not to press charges. Janela then took to Twitter and was like, I'm I'm not going to comment on this, but I will say it was the weirdest thing I've ever been through. We were in a locker room the night before, and we were fine. And I hope he gets back on the right track soon enough. So obviously alarming. Nothing positive out of this. Pat Buck going to WWE, supposedly he was uh, ribbed a little bit backstage, and there was something on the watch along where Drake Maverick was like, oh my god, it's Pat Buck, and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it yet, but uh, I think that that's really funny. Um, I mean, we've said this with a couple other things that have happened with not only Big Cast, but with just anybody in this kind of situation. You got to just hope that the people get help. And whether it's getting checked into like some kind of a rehab thing associated or not with the WWE wellness policy, it's that's other people's decisions and stuff. But he looked like he was in a really bad spot before and he looked like he was in a better spot recently. And there's been so much talk of him saying that he's in contact with WWE and that like something might come about with that and he might be able to return and all that. And this just completely throws that com totally away. You got to assume that that's like, all right, we're going to stay away for a while. And that's yeah. a shame. It is a shame. And I, I I wish the best for him, and hopefully we're talking about him the way we do a Scott Hall today, where it's like, and he's doing much better, and we're all happy that he got better. Yeah, and props to Joey Janela for taking the high road about a situation like that, too, because obviously Joey Janela's had some issues with Enzo Mori recently, and that's probably where a lot of this came from. Maybe even none of it came from it, who knows? But he could have very easily, like, pressed some charges or made things more difficult. And instead, he did the he did the bro thing of being like, you know what? No, get this guy some help. That's the thing that matters. Yeah. So he won some brownie points, as far as I'm concerned. Brownie, brownies are good. Gotta love brownies. I haven't had a blondie in a while. Come to think of that. See, I'm such a chocolate guy, I probably wouldn't be into it. Uh, but you got to get a blondie that's got chocolate chips in it or something because you mm. got to have chocolate. Got yeah, it. it's got to be that. <laughs> got to be that like that mix. Caitlin. <laughs> All these non-chocolate people. What are you doing? Um, Let's see. We have two more things to talk about here. Uh, We have this one that we're going to kind of like put a pin in. We talked about it a little bit last night. We're going to address it a little bit here. We're going to address it at least two more times, if not more. The WWE draft has been confirmed. Yeah. 
It is going to be happening on a two-night basis, October 11th and October 14th. Now, there's so much to unpack with this, yet we still don't know what to unpack, because one thing is, is NXT going to be a part of it? Nope, it seems that I can as though it's not. Well, that Triple is. H has said that it's not, but it's kind of like it's not going to be a part of that draft, but I do feel like there's going to be at least one or two moves that are going to be NXT people coming up to the main roster or main roster people going to NXT maybe this week with the Wednesday debut. I can't wow. imagine that nobody changes on the NXT roster. Outside of Kevin Owens, I don't know who would go from the main roster right now. I had wanted AOP to go, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> AOP is not going, but here's... The Ascension We're should not... fucking go. Like. <laughs> What what the plan is right now, and things could change, especially because I don't even know what my schedule is going to be and everybody else's schedule. And we're really in like, for anybody who doesn't know, we're in a time frame right now where it's like these next like five weeks are going to be complete madhouse situations and stuff. So who knows what's going to happen with anything? But um, if I look at the roster right now, I don't think that there's a single female superstar on the roster that would make sense to go back down to NXT other than maybe under a rare circumstance they decide to put somebody like a Ruby Riot on there. But it's just like she can't even show up yet right now anyway because she's injured. So I don't think that that's happening with Why anybody. I disagree. I think I heard a rumor. I don't remember the source, so I can't say it. But I did read that, oh, they scrapped the plans for Liv Morgan, which is bullshit. If true. So Liv Morgan, if having that thing should go back down there, I think um, Asuka should fucking go. Because Asuka and the NXT women's title are like intertwined and same with Shayna. So I think that'd be a good match. Um, Actually, you know what? I There's only one that I can think of now. Paige. She's not going to compete, but maybe she could do something in NXT. Eh. Page here. <laughs> Page here at NXT. Uh, as far as other people that could maybe go, uh, and again, we're going to talk about this later on this week, and we're going to talk about this again and again and again. So this is just a very cursory kind of just very quick thing. Maybe an Eric Young, maybe an EC3, maybe Mojo Rawley, maybe Leo Rush comes back, and maybe that's how they can work him back into the mix. That'd be... Leo Rush would be a good one. EC3, I think, is a must. And I'm going to stick to my guns and say Ascension, Ascension, Ascension. Ascension should definitely go. Maybe even the clones. But I think that the clones should just be released. Like, like it's been go. long enough, dude. It's not like they haven't had a run. They had plenty of runs. Yeah. So... We will find out more information about the NXT side of things on Wednesday. And later on this week, the current game plan is that we're going to talk about the NXT show. We're going to review it. We're going to talk about the future of NXT. I still think that we're going to see people from NXT go up to the main roster as well. And this draft is going to take on a two-day kind of thing. Same as what the Superstar Shakeup was supposed to be, but I think maybe they're going to stick to their guns a little bit more this time. But it's going to be the 11th and the 14th of October, which means Hell in a Cell comes before that. And I'm going to jump the gun on 
predictions that we already talked about yesterday, but I think even more so now. Um, Sasha Banks wins that title, and she wins it on October 6th, and by a couple days later, on uh, Monday Night Raw, on or not on Monday Night Raw, it would be on SmackDown, on the 11th, when Becky Lynch goes over to SmackDown. And then the 14th, everything's going to be like, oh my god, everything is so loaded on SmackDown for the first time ever. Let's counterbalance things with a couple people going over to Raw. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I I don't want to give away too many hasty predictions. I'll say a few. I think it's time Randy Orton needs to go back to Raw. I think that's a good move. I think Becky will go to SmackDown because they keep promoting her. But I think she just gets swapped with Charlotte, who will also get swapped with Zelina Vega and uh, Andrade. Because that was supposed oh, to be the I move anyway. about that. Because yeah. you got to keep the couples together. But the problem with that is the Seth Rollins finally dropped Monday Night Rollins and go over to SmackDown with Becky Lynch. Nah, I don't think that, that happens. Yeah, they're not going to keep couples separate. I think they're beyond that. Huh. Wow, that's tough. But I, I, the last couple I deliberately remember them separating was uh, Rusev and Lana and Paige and Del Rio. And one, they quickly said, fuck it, you're back together. And the other one was Paige and Del Rio. So good for you. That <laughs> was like, they actively did that one. That's really tough. I didn't think about the Rollins situation with that. Man. And that might be even a spoiler for uh, Hell in a Cell know. as well. So there's a lot that we don't know. I mean, we still don't even know if 205 Live is going to be a thing. There's so many things that we Hunter are Hunter on the media call today teased, oh, well, you don't know, you'll get to the uh, Cruiserweight title defended on TakeOver. Maybe. Yeah, they're so, playing real like we don't want you to know because we want to just announce it and have people like fucking us sit there and go, oh, I got to change all this shit. Thanks. You know, real, uh, real thankful to that WWE. But we are going to address the draft in multiple different ways. If we have the time to and it's the current game plan, we're going to do a mock draft. and Which will include NXT because there'll be three of us. I am thinking that the best way to do that is that we essentially break it down one by one like that, where we we go pick by pick, and I will probably just use like a randomizer or something like that. And we're going to kind of address it as if like we have three brands of our own and we've got everybody from Raw and SmackDown and NXT. I think that that might be how we do that. Just for the fun of it. You know, it's not going to be the same as predictions of what we think is going to happen, because I'm sure I'll write up articles about that, and I'll probably have something on Bleacher Report and something on eWrestling News and coverage of things on Smart Out Moment, and, you know, because who needs sleep? And then the week afterward, uh, the 14th will be the last part of that draft. Then a couple days after that, when we do our special feature main event of the week, it'll probably be some kind of a breakdown of the whole draft moves back and forth and balancing out the roster and seeing the potential of where this goes. And, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be a big thing. And it's going to lead into Survivor Series and it's going to lead into WrestleMania. And we got a lot that we're going to be trying to look into the future for. Yeah, so, and it's exciting. 
Yeah, that's definitely exciting. And hopefully it's not the type of bad exciting where we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. The way like some drafts are where we're like, there's nobody on this episode of whatever, like, you know, but we'll see. Uh, let's talk Monday Night Raw. Let's round things out with this. We got a lot about Hold on. Monday well, Night before Raw. Before we round things out with Monday Night Raw, uh, real quick, because I know you don't watch Bloodsport, Killer Cross called out Batista for a Bloodsport type event, which is basically MMA meets wrestling, so it's like a worked MMA. I, first of all, I think the concept was beautifully done, and I don't think Batista answers this challenge whatsoever, but kudos to you for putting it out there. You have no well, thoughts on Killer Cross, do you? I don't know anything about Killer Cross except for the fact that there has been all this talk about him refusing the blade. And I have not seen Bloodsport. I isn't that a movie? Yeah, it was a John Claude Van Damme movie. Okay, so I have seen Bloodsport. It's just that I've seen the movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it on like some random Saturday afternoon. Just kind of like, yeah, I'll put on one of these movies. I don't need to know the first ten minutes of it because it's a John Claude Van Damme movie. And um, I don't know if Batista does that, then that'd be kind of neat. Can't see it happening though. Um, also, because I know why we didn't talk about it, but we should talk about it. Anthem bought Access TV. We talked about that last week, didn't we? No, we didn't. Pretty sure we did. When did they buy them? I think last week. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to check last week's hot tags. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did that. If we didn't, then that's a no situation. Um, Hold on. <laughs> We're live, pal. This is real life. Uh, in the meantime, I will say one more quick plug for everybody. If you are not following us on Facebook and Twitter, Smart Yeah, Out we Moment sure is, did. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Smartout Moments at Smartout Moment. And that's another way that you can be aware of when we do things like last week's hot tags and talk about <laughs> those kind of things. <laughs> and I was here for that. <laughs> yep. Obviously, you should be following Rob at Dude Felice. You should be following me at Tony Mango and a Mango Tree if you want the fanboy stuff and the Smart Cat Moment stuff all lumped up together. But let's talk Raw. Yes. We had a couple different things to talk about. One of them not being that the OC won a six-man tag match because who fucking cares. Um, we have a new King of the Ring. And it's Baron Corbin. He beat Chad Gable in... Pretty damn good match. And then they promptly went, yeah, 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 let's move on. Because uh, <laughs> the coronation is happening on SmackDown. So uh, it was more important to say the baby reveal thing, which we'll talk about that too. But about the King of the Ring thing, what were you feeling about the match? Match was fucking fantastic. Best Baron Corbin match I've ever seen. How do you think that Gable's going to bounce back? Because I am nervous I about don't. Gable. I don't. <laughs> That's a better way to put it then. Listen, Buddy Murphy had a banger of a match with Roman Reigns, had a banger of a match and defeated Daniel Bryan, and then just lost to Ali and fucking faded away. And, and Ali now, granted, spent a couple of months doing a whole lot of things, and Ali's floundering. Now, granted... They could turn this on its head tomorrow because tonight, in my opinion, turned a lot on its head. But we'll see. 
would you be disappointed assuming that the cruiserweight title does go to NXT? Would you be disappointed if Chad Gable went back down to NXT? See, I don't know. Because are you going to set a precedent that 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 small style should only be in NXT? Or are you going to just say, this is the new breed, so let's keep him on Raw? It depends on how they utilize him. I feel like if they are not actually planning to push him with like sound plans, not just like, oh, hell of a match, we'll do something with you, pal, and then it just fades away into nothingness. If they don't actually have a plan for him post-draft and pre-draft, because you got a couple weeks, it's, you can't just like have him fuck off and do nothing and then be like, oh, same momentum, then I want him to go back to NXT. And then he could be, no pun intended, a big fish in a small pond. He could have amazing matches with so many of those people. Like Gable versus Adam Cole would be great. And he clearly knows what he's doing in the ring enough that he can work with a lot of the people that are on like the younger side of things. That they need somebody to polish them a little bit more. He could be the Cruiserweight Champion. He could be the North American champion. He could be the NXT champion. He could form another tag team. I feel like there's a ceiling for him on Raw and SmackDown that they might not even want to necessarily address. And at best, a couple months from now, he might be fighting in a multi-man match for the Intercontinental or United States title at WrestleMania. I don't see a scenario where they actively push him and he becomes an upper mid-card type talent. So, I'd rather him go down to NXT if that's the case. Baron Corbin? I don't know. Uh, I'm in the process of writing an article as uh, we've been doing this. With him, I just feel like you put a lot of money in him. You had him beat Shane McMahon. Can you really swing him downward? Yeah, they could easily just have him do nothing. It's WWE. How many times have people not done anything? More often than not, you know? There's been a lot of people that they've given a considerable push to just for a couple of weeks. Look at Mansoor, even. That's just a random yeah, thought. Yeah, what Mansoor? Mansoor wins the Battle Royal in uh, Super Showdown. And at the very least, it could have been like, all right, well, maybe he's going to pop up a little bit more on NXT now. And I think he's popped up in one episode of NXT since then, and he lost. So yeah. it's like, goddamn, you know, you can't even take the guy that's in NXT and make him something now? Like, he can't even be as regular of a competitor as Roll Mendoza, you know? So I don't see a, this working out all that well for Gable. Corbin is a tough thing because they they push him. And it's going to work out in some capacity, but I'm also a little bit hesitant to think that that's going to work out all that well, too. Well, his track record says, I won the Andre the Jump Memorial Battle Royal and did nothing. I won, I eliminated Braun Strowman from the Royal Rumble in 2017 and promptly did nothing. I won Money in the Bank in 2017 and promptly lost to Jinder Mahal. I won the United States title, only to lose it to a guy 
who literally dropped it the next week on TV in the ring and never got it back. So I don't have the most faith in them pushing Baron Corbin, even though they seem to love him. It does kind of strike me as the latest in a long line of accolades that keeps him in that upper mid-card spot. He's that's a kind of disappointing if that's the case. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. I, but, I hate that Ziggler's become, for me, that example. But yeah, true. he's a seven-foot Dolph Ziggler. I don't know if he's seven feet. How tall is Baron Corbin? They said on the tail of the tape, 6'8". Okay, so he's a 6'8", there in, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Which was funny because they said that Chad Gable's 5'8". Instead of doing that whole thing where they pretend that everybody's at least six foot tall. You know? Well, no, but again, it just bothered me with the shorty G. Like, there's a shorty G joke from Samoa Joe, and I'm like, he's eye level to you, bro. Like, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> That's a good point. Now, the SmackDown stuff is going to factor into this. Maybe we get some kind of a hot angle comes out of this. Maybe it ends up being complete bullshit. Who knows? But I feel hot like angle? they is rushed that this. like a sister of Kurt Angle? If it is, she sounds hot. Yeah. <laughs> if she takes after Karen, you know. Yeah. Um, that moved on to... Well, that, that was one talking point. Uh, right before that, we had the first of three segments of something that I'm going to get into a little bit later on. So I'm not, I'm not skipping things entirely. We're, we're going to talk about what came before that. But that King of the Ring thing led into a story about Mike and Maria Kanellis and the gender reveal of their baby. It's going to be a boy. And she said the real father is Ricochet, who denied it and said... No, I would never. I mean, not that I would never, but which is just like, I don't think that that was really Yeah, funny. they had a lot of fun with sexuality today, guys. Yeah, and the great line where Montez Ford suggested that they should have a baby on a pole match, and Dawkins said, put Maria on a pole instead, and then Ford replied with, oh, that's how we got into this mess to begin with, and Titus uh, O'Neil flipping out, like, you gotta go fix this, and uh, that leads later on into fucking Rusev returns. Hold on. And because I'm gonna, because I love this, because I couldn't believe what I was hearing come out of Michael Cole's mouth. Ricochet heads to the ring for a match with Mike Kanellis, and Michael Cole says, "Well, if he's been something to the effect of if he's been with Maria, then he is a real superhero." To which Renee replies, "Well, yeah. Have you seen his abs? I don't blame her." To which Corey Graves just laughs at her and says. I'm going to send a text message now. And which was kind of like a fun little Dean Ambrose reference on the net raw. <laughs> so good shit. And then fucking Rusev comes out. He's got that well, stupid well, mustache no, hold thing. Hold on, hold on. Ricochet beats Canellis. Maria goes, of course, Ricochet's not the father. Do you want to know who the real father? Oh, by the way, I didn't know if they were doing a thing where, it was like, oh, yeah, you didn't even put it in me. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, you don't know who the real father is? It's, it's, and then Russo's music just hits. Which was like, wow. And she didn't necessarily confirm that he was the father. Yeah, I mean, the, the context of the whole thing, she flat out says Ricochet's the dad and then says no. So 
She's like, I'm just up. trying She's, to man you up. I'm yeah. Just, Unreliable narrator of that kind of thing. Plus, it's just it's, and then Rusev just happens to come out. So for anybody that's like, oh my god, the storyline now is that Rusev is cheating on Lana. I don't think that's the case. I'm I'm on the record as saying that's not the case, and I think it's something that I won't get into until I see it confirmed. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Yeah, and if that happens, they're gonna square some ratings at the very least with something. Yeah, but uh, I I think that this is strange that this is where they chose to bring rusev back i thought that rusev was a potential goner then again i thought that luke harper was and we saw how that worked out at clash of champions but rusev returning and very quickly too they also mentioned this which i thought was really funny they were like well he could be a great person for raw or smackdown which is like they are making you know that it's like that doesn't mean that he's definitely going to be on raw yeah, I was, he popped oh, up on raw. Look at him what a time to return and where's lana she must be pissed off that this Maria thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like Rusev with a mustache. Not a fan of that mustache. Nope. Like Rusev but... to me is always going to be the Russian sympathizer, long haired with the beard. I know Rusev did with like a funny thing, but I'm always going to see it as like when he came out on a tank. I got used to the short hair and I like it more, but I, mustaches are just a no from everybody <laughs> yeah but uh, but then you're like recruiting you're, you're being seductive and you get maria in your bed somehow apparently well if rusev comes out and he's got uh maria's face on his uh tights then then we can talk about something different but i thought that that was really interesting and now that rusev is back into the fold then what a great person to add back into the roster because you can never have too many people out there as far as options goes for great matches with Kofi Kingston, great matches with Seth Rollins, you know, Rusev's thumbs up. So that's cool. We had stuff like Rey Mysterio beats Cesaro and Lacey Evans beats Dana Brooke, which Dana Brooke is looking really good. Why didn't Cesaro have gear? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Dana Brooke looking great so far. It's the first match that she's had on Raw in a while, and she looks like she is, like, making so many different improvements and whether it's just like in the ring appearance attitude happiness in general that's awesome you know she didn't fucking win (laughs) because she never wins but uh, that fucking sharpshooter was disgusting yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think lacey evans finally overtook Shawn michaels as the person who just does the sloppiest (laughs) sharpshooter Overall, Hebner would have came out and rang the bell. It would have been a different no, type of story. Somebody said it was a Montreal, it was a Knoxville screw job because <laughs> Dana doesn't actually tap. Insane. Uh, we had stuff with Bailey and Sasha, and we have a confirmation that like whoa, whoa, Banks just, and don't uh, skip over that because I I think they're gonna do my idea, even though they've already announced Becky and Sasha for Hell in a Cell. I think. You saw a lot of four horsewomen interaction, and at I some point, just, you're just getting that Charlotte and Bailey rematch. You're get they're all gonna get in the cage, damn it! Even if it's like a run-in, they're all gonna get in the fucking cage. <laughs> so we got confirmation of that and stuff. We got a uh, and a vignette for AOP returning. Wild. They were saying in whatever language that was, I'm not too sure. That Albanian? Is that a language? Sure, we'll go with that one. Uh, <laughs> they were saying that 
the reason that they haven't competed is that nobody lets them because they hurt them too much. Which is like, you know what? I'll go with it. Cool. I like that. And that they're the future of the WWE tag team division. Of course, they didn't specify where the future of the Raw tag team division or anything. Because who knows which brand they're going to end up on. But I thought that this was really cool. And it showed them as somebody that we should pay attention to. Best thing they've done since losing Paul Ellering. And here's another thing we got to talk about. This is with a multi-step type thing. Early in the night, Carmella and R-Truth are <laughs> seeing the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knox County. Knox yeah. County Mayor uh, Glenn Jacobs pops up. He's given the tour. And R-Truth, <laughs> he, thinks, he thinks he's Magic Johnson or Larry Bird. Or, or Mayor for the whole President. Rest of, Mayor <laughs> President for the whole rest of the time. Uh, amazing. And later on, he's showing off the stadium and talking about all that stuff. And it's, oh, I want to introduce you to this guy. He's an officer and all that. He's been sworn in, not as a cop, as a referee. One, two, three, after R-Truth nails his uh, he face runs into away the fucking goalpost. He runs into the fucking goalpost. <laughs> and before you know it, it's not Kane who is the yeah. champion. The new 24-7 champion is Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs, which was amazing. So awesome. And I love that when he's leaving, he's like, I still got it. (laughs) Which is like, that's great. A little bit later on, they show him again. And R-Truth jumps him when he's getting out of the car. He gets pinned with a schoolboy, which if you want to find out how the (laughs) schoolboy is awesome, check out that E-Wrestling News article. (laughs) The year of the schoolboy. And... They decide to call a truce because he realizes, you know what? I can't really do this kind of a job. If I'm the mayor of Knox County, I got to do that job 24-7. And that's not the end we see of him. Later on, we have Seth Rollins versus Robert Roode. And Rollins beats Roode by disqualification because Dolph Ziggler comes in. The OC comes in because I guess they're continuing that. And Kane makes the save. Demon Kane. Until the Fiend pops up and says, fuck you, here's a mandible claw. <laughs> wild episode of raw not the craziest we've ever seen but lots of good things happening on this episode lots of fiend and you left out some parts there the fiend had like five segments i actually yell at somebody on the wrestle zone show about this because right away first question do you think they're overexposing the fiend and i'm like he was this is the first night that he's been in more than one segment shut the fuck up like, I did think that they're overexposing that Firefly Funhouse at the end of it, though, because that went on for like three solid minutes. And that, that, was, not... that was one of my favorite things because it, it was just like the weirdest thing. And I started fucking Beatle doing the Beatles thing where you're like, wait, if you play it backwards, what are they saying? Like, <laughs> you just you started fucking around with it. I thought it was amazing that the show ended with just more of the Firefly Funhouse theme song. Where like the the words "I am lonely" played about three times, and just so much fun. The fiend is so special to the point where I had a hard time remembering that this is the same dude who was like the swamp guy. Good old Husky yeah. Harris, the tank with a Ferrari engine. <laughs> what is the, what is with the rabbit? Rambling Rabbit? I always assumed that that was Matt Hardy. No, but what is his deal? He's the key to all of this. He's going to end up saying something 
real soon about like whatever is really happening here. Well, Sister Abigail is Abby the Witch. Yeah. So that's for sure. Huskus the pig boy is definitely Husky Harris. Vince McMahon's fucking Vince McMahon. <laughs> this is Vince McMahon. I don't think they've given him an extra name. Uh and then it's just Rambling Rabbit, right? Or am I no, it's um it? the Buzzard. No, Mercy. Mercy. Mercy the Buzzard, which that's obviously a play off of um his original Wayland Mercy. And that's the original version of Ray Wyatt. So the Rambling Rabbit to me it has to be the uh, the Matt Hardy side of things. See, but Rambling like, Rabbit's always the good like, boy. Always like, no, wait, I'm going to say what's really going on here because this is all fucked up. And I don't know. I want to know what's really going on. All right, that's the good side of him. That apparently tastes like uh, strawberry jam or something. That's where I want to see things go in the future. I said before, the I strawberry want... jam. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I know you were like that strawberry. serious. That story. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be grape. Fuck that stuff. Grape. Fuck grape. Fuck. Yeah. Listen, outside of actual grapes, which are delicious, fuck all grape flavored things. I cannot agree more. Grapes are good. Grape flavored anything, disgusting. It tastes like goddamn medicine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yep. if you disagree with us, drop a comment <laughs> below. But um, I said before, I really want Sweater Bray Wyatt to wrestle, and I want all sorts of character development. I want – okay, I don't want this. <laughs> let, me just, let me just put this out there. I don't want, like, the goddamn bunny to come back from the Adam Rose thing and to be Rambling Rabbit as a person, but I do want Rambling Rabbit to somehow get involved in making – him not as bad of a guy or something if they ever want to turn him babyface or like some kind of weird backstage thing with sister abigail where it's like the women's division or like i i want weird shit with bray wyatt well i think we're getting it i enjoyed the use of kane which was such a surprise for me because i i'll spoil it i kind of thought it was going to be Fiend takes everybody out, lights go out, lights come on, and Sweater Bray Wyatt is in the ring trying to hug Seth and be like, it's okay, man. We're friends. But no, I like this so much more, where it's just like, that's another legend Bray Wyatt has killed. Very cool. So we know that that's a great way to uh, get things started with the Hell in a Cell. And now we know with the draft that maybe there's a chance that we do get a new champion. Obviously, we will break that down a little bit more in detail once we know some more information about things and once we are getting into our Hell in a Cell predictions. But good episode of Raw. And I hope that they follow it up with a good episode of SmackDown tomorrow. Or tonight, and I, technically. I hope that they continue to follow it up with good episodes of Raw because we always get one every now and again. And I want more than one. Totally agreed. So that's what I got to say. That's my whole breakdown as far as hot tags go. Anything else that you think we should toss out there? You don't think that they're going to give the... I thought about this. Why don't they just give the tag team titles back to Sasha and Bailey and they just trash them? And like, okay, guys, the titles are just... (laughs) Nah, I think that that's just... Let's just have Sasha and Bailey do something on the episode. Yeah. 
And for that matter, it's not uh, getting defended at Hell in a Cell. That title's not getting in that card. Uh, I saw everybody posting about how, oh, Alexa and Nikki say they want another match with the Iconics. And I just said, why? Why? Like, <laughs> you beat them. Why would you want, like, I don't know. Maybe they won a singles match because they won it in, like, a Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. Still, nothing to be like, oh, my God, mark your fucking calendars, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, that's uh, 407. So, thank you for right. listening to everybody. I mean, I to... thought it was 106, but cool. That is 106. That's 407 somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. I pretty much said all my plugs, so if you did not listen throughout the episode, then what were you listening to? That's the whole point of a podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, what are you doing here? Any other plugs you want to throw out there? Uh, Fightful.com, great source for wrestling news. Sean Ross Tapp. I It must sound like I'm kissing ass. I'm not. It's refreshing and awesome to be around somebody who takes such pride in his work and breaks news instead of reporting whatever every other aggregate already has. Um, WrestleZone.com, great aggregate. eWrestlingNews.com, I'm regularly there. And Fanboys Anonymous, because I want to do more. (laughs) Very much so. I cannot stress that more, that I want to do more fanboy stuff. And the most recent thing that I did, I actually took care of it a little bit before the uh, pay-per-view was I decided, you know what? I don't talk much about the Joker. And I wanted to put out something of predicting the plot of the new Joker movie. So if you want to know how I think the whole movie is going to go down, click on that post and read what I think is my best preview prediction of the whole movie. And I'm going to try to do more of those going forward. I did one for Dark Phoenix because I was like, "Ah, everybody knows what this movie is going to be. But I want to try to do one for Terminator Dark Fate and talk about how much I'm going to fucking hate that movie. (laughs) And... Maybe do one about The Rise of Skywalker. And, God, there's so many things that I want to do. And if you want me to do it, hit up that Patreon, everybody. But in the meantime, the next thing that you should be hearing from us, at least on the Smartout Moment side of things, is our going over for the NXT talk that we're going to do later on, probably on Thursday. I'm not 100% positive about that, but it's more than likely going to be Thursday. So that will be a review of the debut on the USA Network. And whatever other discussion that we got going on. Going over, for anybody who doesn't know, is essentially just a podcast. There's no overarching theme. There's no list that we have to break down. It's just us chit-chatting. So a little bit more reserved and uh, less wild than some of the other things that we've done. But we can hopefully get a lot of discussion about that. And we invite you to, uh, to listen and to join in the discussion on that. So drop a comment below on the hot tags, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already, and ring that bell so that way you know when those episodes go up. And also keep in mind that next week after this is going to be the mailbag, so send in your questions for the mailbag ahead of time as soon as you can, so that way I have as much time as I can to start sorting all that out. And that's going to do us in, so thank you for listening to this episode, everybody. We are going to just call that a day. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.